The thoughts, views, beliefs, and opinions expressed in this program are not necessarily those of our affiliate network. Paranormal TV with your host, myself, paranormal author and ghost hunter Rick Hale. And with me, as always, is paranormal investigator and author Stephen Lancaster. Stephen, how are you this week? I'm, I'm being cheered in the background. Like, oh, yeah, the, yeah. The Smalls. Yes. Smalls. That's my puppy Smalls. Smalls cheering for bigs. So it has been two weeks because, you know, some things happened that were out of our control. Plus, last week was Mother's Day. So I just kind of want to say, you know, happy belated Mother's Day to all the mothers out there that listen to this show, our shadow mothers. Yes, I agree. And I probably say mother in association with other words, probably more than any other word a day. So (laughs) there you guys go. Well, it is the most utilitarian uh, word in the English language. You can use it for pretty much anything. That is very true. That is it very is. true. So, so do you got gas, Rick? Do I uh, do I have gas? Uh, not today, thankfully. <laughs> so you're not you're not running into any uh, fuel issues in Chicago? Oh yeah, well of of course we are. But you know, hey, that's there's nobody to blame but a bunch of hackers that are going after. Uh, you know, pipelines and shutting everything down. So, you know, hopefully we're going to get, you know, back on track with this and, uh, you know, get these low gas prices. I, I cannot believe, I think I paid $3.50 yesterday and it was insane. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know about you. I, I, I know, I know you're filling up, um, you know, containers and stuff. And No, sir. Not that guy. Nope. No, I, I've been out hey. there preaching the gospel of humanity because mm-hmm. it disgusts me seeing these people pull up. I've seen people pull up with trailers with big ga- multi-gallon tanks on the back. Just it's like, come on, you're causing most of this problem. Oh yeah, they they're they're acting like this is a you know, a Mad Max post-apocalyptic scenario, and it's just you know some hackers got a hold of a um, hold of the pipeline. But uh, yeah, I was actually reading an article today or earlier today that a woman I. I can't remember. Oh, it was in South Carolina, so it's down near your neck of the woods. Um, she got chased down by the police because the plate on her car was stolen, and she wound up rolling this thing, and then all of a sudden, like, her car just exploded into flames gas. because of all the gas that she was hoarding. So, yeah. guys, you know, this, this is not, 
you know, what everybody thinks that it is. I mean, first it was toilet paper and now it's gasoline. So, you know, seriously, I, I know that this is a paranormal show and all that, but please practice some goddamn common sense. We are also humanitarians here, you know. So that is you, true. You will hear humanitarian speak. My wife, as a matter of fact, right before um, I came in to, to, well, finish up filming with Terry and uh, mm-hmm. film with you, uh, she said, hey, just got a call. We've, we've got gas in town. I'm going to fill the vehicles up. I was like, right. okay. Because it's been bad here, but we're used to it here in the south because anytime the Weather Channel cries hurricane, yeah, the shelves are empty. The gas is out. I mean, we're, we're kind of used to it. So it's, you know. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, so, so are we. You know, we live in, I live in the Chicagoland area. I, um, Chicago city limits is about 35 miles just south of where I live. And um, whenever whenever summer comes, man, you're anywhere near the city within 50 miles of the city and you're going to pay for gas. Yeah. But that's because our taxes are insane. But we also do have pretty decent roads and our schools are all right. So I guess it's kind of a trade-off. Yeah. And, and you kind of beat me to it, but I, I was going to use like the gas thing as an excuse as to why we haven't had a show. <laughs> I just didn't have gas to get here, man. Sorry. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, two weeks ago, we were going to film a um, uh, an episode and had a little bit of an overreaction to something. I was feeling my wife's arm, and I feel what felt like a lump in her arm. Well, it after about a week, it went away. So yay for us so that's that you know that that's why we didn't do a show two weeks ago no it's cool man it's cool which brings me to this show and before we even Mm. get started on this show i i I saw your you're planning a trip to gettysburg yes we are uh, possibly we're gonna go visit my uh my uh, aunt and her family they live down in uh, harrisonburg virginia Mm mm-hmm and um, yeah, and Gettysburg is only a mere two and a half mi- uh, or rather two and a half hours away from there. So we're gonna go visit my aunt, my aunt Donna and her family. And then um, at the tail end of the trip, we're gonna stop in Gettysburg for a couple of days. Um, I've never been there. I am excited. I-, I said to my wife the other day, I mean, sometimes I feel like I'm the only ghost hunter in the United States, if not the world, that's never actually been to Gettysburg. Yeah, it is what it is. That that's a subject for a or a topic for another show. How long are you mm-hmm. gonna be in Harrisburg? About five or six days. Okay. Let keep me posted on that, man. I mean that's six or seven hours from here. And uh-huh. I and I've got family up that way. Um, oh, okay. Maybe we'll try to uh coordinate. Yeah, we'll see. You know, a lunch or something. Yeah. Uh yeah. Because that, I know that your wife your wife is dying. Oh, for, for, she for is selfies with me, dying to autographed meet picture. I understand. Oh, I did. God. You know, Steven, Steven, Steven. Let's not give ourselves a big head now, okay? <laughs> a bigger head. So this show, Rick has a great topic of discussion. Giant head. I have been looking forward to this discussion because I think oh, it's yeah. going to be a great one. Do we charge? Should we charge? And could we charge to investigate the paranormal? Now, we're not going to jump into it right now, but that is nope. something we're going to talk about here on the show. And we both got, have very strong opinions concerning this. We, we do, and I'm going to play both sides of this just for the sake of conversation. And uh, because I, I do feel we, we've got a 
weigh out both sides. Sure. Uh, to be fair, uh, Rick's got an excellent ghost watch. What What do you got coming up for that? Uh, we're going to be talking about the mystery of Clapham Wood in uh, West Sussex in the UK. Now, I mean, it. Now, this is going to be something a little bit different because not only do you have ghosts in Clapham Wood, you also have uh, people who are seeing strange lights and uh, what they think are UFOs as well as occult activity. So, it's definitely a little bit of a departure from the regular ghost watch, but there are ghosts there as well. So I think everybody's going to like that. And we're going to kick things off when we come back from this break with the paranormal news, which segues, and it might as well, considering what this paranormal news is, into our creature of the week. So you guys, you are back here with ghost hunter, author Rick Hale, this guy, Steven. Guys, check out this commercial and we will be right back. Do you enjoy reading about the paranormal? Check out the highly rated literary works from us, the hosts of Shadow Initiative TV. Paranormal investigator Rick Hale offers you the geek's guide to the strange and unusual, poltergeists, ghosts, and demons. Bullets, booze, and babes, the haunted history of Chicago and Illinois. And behold, shocking true tales of terror and some other spooky stuff. But if you're thirsty for more, I bring you true case files of a paranormal investigator and dark spirits, a man terrorized by the supernatural. But if you want to go even further, dive deep into the dark reality of haunted dolls. Check out my paranormal bestsellers, Norman, the doll that needed to be locked away, and Norman 2, the true story of a possessed doll's revenge. Available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever fine books are sold. Alright, welcome back guys to episode 16 of the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Television with Rick Hale and Stephen Lancaster. And now we're starting things off this episode with the paranormal news. And Rick, you know, when somebody claims to have seen a werewolf Mm -hmm. and they have proof, you jump right at it, man. I love when people throw that word proof around. Yes. Okay. Love it. Now, we've got a couple here. And, guys, I'm throwing the pictures up on the screen for you. This uh, very upstanding couple, uh, they claim to have seen a werewolf. And they kind of go back and forth between a... A vampire werewolf. Vampire werewolf. Yes, or a werewolf panther in their description. Okay. okay. Now, now do note, in this uh, particular area of England, mm-hmm. none of those creatures are really known. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There's not, not a lot of werewolf vampire panthers around in that area. <laughs> um, but they, they drew what they saw. And I'm putting that picture up on the screen, too, which is fantastic artwork. You can definitely tell. You can see where they get the vampire quality, the werewolf mm-hmm. quality, and the panther. They really captured the essence of the vampiric werewolf panther. Okay. Like in the movies Underworld. Right. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. You know, this is the the lycanther. I, I don't know. Anyway, the lycanthanir. We'll come up with a word. You guys help us out. You shadows help us out. But, okay, basically this family... Uh, Rock- Lycanpire! 
There you go. Yeah, it's like a fire. All right. Okay, proceed. Sorry, dude. We're, we're trademarking that. Okay. So Robert Ingram and his wife, Nicola, insist that th this was a real creature. And it has actually been dubbed the Werewolf of Worcester. Okay. Because, okay. of course, when something like this comes out in the news, it just it's a mass panic. You know, yeah. like we have with our gas situation. Now in Worcester, man, everybody's running to the ammo shop for the silver bullets. Can't get them anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's got to mm -hmm. have silver bullets. So they claim they're driving down the road, and rather than crouching on all fours, this thing is standing on its hind legs like a human. Right. Which we do know werewolves are known to do that. Panthers, mm -hmm. not so much. Vampires, yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. So it had its pointed teeth. They call they refer to them as you know vamp vampiric pointed teeth, or as I like to refer, fangs. Anyway, fangs. okay, and blood dripping off of the end of these teeth. This was so detailed. And, and when I show you the picture that they actually took, how they gathered all this detail, I will never know. Okay, right. the beast had hair on its chest, kind of hairy human man like. And uh, they were convinced it was their panther werewolf guy. So this is about one in the morning. They see it. They stop. Robert says it was walking dead slowly. Very muscular. Looked like it was on steroids. Okay, so now we have a roided out vampire panther werewolf. Okay. Lycanpire. Like, All right, the Lycanpire. We're going to go with the Lycanpire. And he's never been that scared in his life. It was one of the scariest things he's ever experienced. I can imagine. I can't imagine. I, I would be, too. And, oh, yeah. Seeing something like that, that would definitely scare the hell out of me. Okay, man. Now, now Bob Lawrence, he's, he's the head of wildlife in the West Midland area there, which, okay. which is very close to Worcester. And he says it's extremely unlikely it was a black panther. They're native to Asia, Africa, and even here in the States. You know, right. And, but, however, you know, I mean, hold on a second there. But there is a history of... There's uh, mysterious, you know, black cats that are seen in uh, in in England, across England. Now, our good friends Robert Ingram and Nicola there, with their very excellent sketch, had also taken a picture with their cell phone of this creature. And you guys are seeing that on the screen now. Sort of. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. There's, yeah. There is something there reflective um, it could be a road sign. It could be a beer can laying in the road. I don't know. But what gets me about it is they contradicted their story. They said it scared them mm -hmm. so bad that they turned the car around to drive the opposite direction. Okay? That's when they snapped yeah. the picture. Clearly in the picture, you can see the headlights of the vehicle. So the vehicle was not turned around going in the opposite direction. You can see headlights. So their story, I don't know, Rick. What do you think, Doesn't buddy? really add up. No. Well, you know, here, here's the thing, though. I mean, there there are, um, you know, stories of lycanthropes in Europe going back all the way to the ancient Romans and, and ancient Greeks. And there are also stories of lycanthropes in England as well. Um, and, of course, here in, in the United States, not far from, my, from where I live, up in uh, Wisconsin, they had the Beast of Bray Road. So there have been stories, many, many stories over many centuries concerning um, 
uh, werewolves or, you know, lycanthropes or, you know, whatever you want to call them. But I look at this picture and this really, really fuzzy picture, um, you can't really see what it is. And of course they also, you know, they kind of fudge up their story a little mm -hmm. bit, but, um, I, I don't see anything in that picture, but just like this, you know, fuzzy outline but hey you know cryptids that's so it's that's the way cryptids show up on film for whatever reason they show up all fuzzy it's that uh, electromagnetic think, radiation man yeah i think it is because you know being uh, uh interdimensional creatures or whatever but yeah I, I don't i don't believe this um this paranormal news piece for one second um but at the same time you know like i said i can't completely dismiss the stories of lycanthropes in England as well as no. France and across Europe and the, even here in the United States. Not at all. And with that being said, this will lead us to Creature of the Week. So creature of the week, man, the shapeshifter, the werewolf, it, every culture, every part of history, every mm -hmm. significant part has has a variation of this thing. You know, we could yeah. we could go miles with this, man. You you know, but what I always found intriguing is when you when you're studying cases, you look for the similarities. Now mm -hmm. now the silver bullets, the full moon, the stuff like that. To me, that, that's just urban legend stuff, you, you know, mythology, whatever you want to call it, folklore, right. uh, yeah. better word, you know, but is it possible, you know, could, could, or, or could it be just another cryptid that there is no transformation from a wolf to man or man to wolf, um, yeah. it's just another uh, cryptid. What I, what, what has always intrigued me about the shapeshifter is uh, its relation to uh, the Native Americans and, yes. and, and their beliefs in sightings and, and tales. And one thing that has always grabbed me, we, we all know the X-Files, okay? mm -hmm. the, the, the fictional show, the X-Files, but it's based on the real X-Files of the FBI. They're not called the X-Files. Um, when, when they were first instated, they were actually called the U-Files for unexplained. Mm -hmm. The very first case, this the case that made the FBI, well, it was actually the president, create a branch of the FBI to ex kind of pursue these unexplainable cases, was about a shapeshifter. Where these four to five law enforcement officers chased what they described as a, a hairy creature on mm -hmm. its hind legs running through the woods. I believe this was out in Montana. And, okay. uh, because they, all werewolves hang out in Montana. Of course, yes. And this was in the 50s, and they ran it into this cabin. And, of course, it was at night, and they corner it in this cabin, and they open fire. These four to five law, law enforcement guys blow the thing away. Mm -hmm. Well, after the dust settled, the smoke settles, everybody's kind of getting their, their shit together. It was a normal man laying there. Okay. Now, you had these four or five guys all attest that it was a creature beforehand. Now, now on one hand, you may say, you know what? These guys just fucked up. Yeah. And look, let's just, I'll just say it was this. 
you know, we didn't know we were shooting at a real ma unarmed naked man, you know, mm -hmm. which is what they later discovered. But that caused the X-Files, as we know them, um, right. to be instated. So what do you think? Is there any real, there, there's awesome stories out there, but are they just stories? Well, here's the thing. Like, um, I, I, I wrote a, I wrote an article for paranormalstudy.com that's called "By the Light of the Moon," mm -hmm. and it gives a, um, a history going all the way back to pre-Roman times, concerning um, shapeshifters, people that are able to go from man to animal, and you know, when you get into the real folklore concerning um, shapeshifters, lycanthropes, werewolves, whatever you want to call it. Um, a lot of that, a lot of the time, that is achieved through occult means. Uh, there's a story that came out of France, and I think it was in the 15 or 1600s of Gilles Gagné, who um, met a black-clad man in the forest, and he gave him um, a, a salve to, to rub on his body and and a um, um, a, a wolfskin belt. Mm -hmm. And whenever he rubbed this on him and then put this on, he became this werewolf. Um, so, I, you know, when you think about, you know, things like also with lycanthropy, for example, lycanthropy, that is an honest to God um, psychological or, or, or psychiatric um, issue. It's very rare, but there have been many, many people over the over the years that really do believe that for whatever reason, mentally, that they become this creature, but they don't actually change the shape from being a man to an animal, because obviously that's impossible. But with something like this, I, I, I'm kind of thinking that maybe the guy was wearing something and he had lycanthropy and was wearing the pelt of an animal of some kind. And when they were able to take him down, he was able to get rid of that animal pelt and then just appear as being a man. So, yeah, I mean, lycanthropy, that's that, that, that's a real psychiatric disorder. Well, that's a real psychosis. Uh, but before we take a break, one thing I want to want to throw out there, too, um, be, because when it all comes down to it, I think when most people who are educated on this stuff think about it, they always go back to the Native Americans, you know. Um, yeah, the Skinwalker, for example. Right. And, and, you know, with no disrespect to Native American culture or beliefs, you know, my wife's a Cherokee Indian. Um, we we got to look at their, their spiritual practices involved mm -hmm. hallucinogenics. Right. You know, peyote, you know, obviously pot, stuff like that, but... You know, and they wore, like you said, animal skins, wolf heads, and stuff like that. And there is nothing mm -hmm. saying that one minute you're you're looking at at one of your homeboys here, and you just took that peyote tea to for your for your spiritual practice, and you think you're seeing something that you're not, but you believe it, and then that yeah. becomes the story. You know. Well, the. Yeah, and then that's you know you talk about uh, you know Native American legends. Of course, the Skinwalker um, is one, and, and and I know that I'm pronouncing I'm probably pronouncing it incorrectly, but it's the Yi Nagladoshi or Nagladoshli, and it comes from um, Navajo and Hopi um, and Apache mythology. It it, it is a um, debased human that practices the dark arts and has the ability to turn into grotesque animal form and 
they're so terrified of this creature, of this, I, I use the word creature very loosely, they're so terrified of this being that they will not talk about this whatsoever. But according to their mythology, um, and it doesn't matter whether or not I believe it, it matters that they believe it, because it's part of their, their stories. Um, they really do believe that this um, black arts practicing witch uh, can actually turn into this uh, turn into this creature. Back in the 1900s, in um, in I believe it was either Arizona or New Mexico, there was a Navajo war party that got together and at attacked a um, a village of their own people, and they killed everybody in sight. There was over a hundred people. They collected scalps. They collected heads. They and when they were questioned and asked, they were said these were people who practiced the witchery way, is what they call it, and um, they were skinwalkers. They were able to turn into these horrific creatures and bring pestilence and and harm unto you know the surrounding um, nations. So you know it's like this this is a real important part of their story. So it, you really kind of got to find yourself wondering. It's like, are they really seeing a person that can change into something? Or, like you said, or is there drugs involved? Um, but like I said, it doesn't really matter what we think. It matters what they think. Right. Well, with that being said, which way are we going? We're going to a break. And when we come back, Rick is going to kick us off with a very controversial topic of discussion in mm. the paranormal field. You know, guys, we've talked about the paranormal unity and, you know, and all these other things, the TV shows. But this is a big one. This, this yeah. is a big one. And and like I said, we're going we're gonna to give you guys both sides of the fence here. And you, you can ultimately decide. Because you guys at home are ultimately the ones that would be writing the checks. So when we come back, we're going to talk about charging for paranormal research. You're with Rick, Stephen here on Shadow Initial Paranormal TV. Check out this commercial and we'll be right back. Get with the goat and sell your soul at the Cut Your Heart Out design and fashion store. Visit CutYourHeartOut.Threadless.com to discover everything horror, dark, and occult related when it comes to walking with the shadows in style. Browse her art and find some sinister offerings to fill your home, spirit, and wardrobe. Greeting cards, blankets, clothing, masks, and everything your wicked heart desires. CutYourHeartOut.Threadless.com And be sure to like them on Facebook at Facebook.com slash CutYourHeartOut.Fashion If you are dead on the inside, wear it proudly on the outside. The Lycan Empire. I, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Lycan Empire. Well, we, you know what? We'll have to get Chris to uh, design us a Lycan Empire. Oh yeah. So we can start getting the these shirts out there. You know, by the season like two, guys. By season two, we're gonna have shirts and all kinds of cool shit. Yep. Because everybody wants to be associated with us, and and you want to wear it with pride. Everybody wants to be a shadow. So Rick, this is your. Uh, I guess we were already back. Yeah, we're already back. So, so let's uh, do do your thing here. Okay, now this this is a very very controversial subject, and I see it a lot in paranormal circles in social media, and it is the idea of 
um, doing, uh, being paid to investigate places. You know, somebody calls you, you know, they, I, I have a ghost or I have a poltergeist or whatever in my house. Can you come and do this? And um, they're like, yeah, sure, we'll get, we're going to do it for $1,000. Now, I do have a quick story to tell, and, and actually I detail this in one of my books. Um, a number of years ago, a, a friend of mine who was a psychic contacted me about this woman who was experiencing what sounded to me like poltergeist-type activity in her home. And this group, who will go unnamed, because you know I don't want to risk a lawsuit for this uh, for a show and all, um, they told the woman that her house is filled with demons. Their da her daughter, who is autistic, was possessed by the devil, and they can come in, do an investigation, and do a house cleansing for $3,000. And this was a woman who had absolutely not a penny to her name. So, you know, not only is it immoral, it's also predatory. And, you know, Stephen, I've been, like you, been doing this for a long time. You know, I, my first investigation was in September of 1991. And I have never once ever thought of saying to somebody, yeah, I'm going to come into your house, but it's going to be for a fee. And I just, I, I cannot get behind this idea of being paid to investigate somebody's house. Well, I guess before I go on, on my uh, deployment here, um, why? Why, why? Why do you feel that way? Why, why, because, why? In, because in a way, I feel like I'm offering a public service okay rather than doing something that is uh career wise and and also too i mean the 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 historical aspect behind it i've i've never read about um somebody like say hans holzer or peter underwood going to somebody's house and being paid that of course came with after they wrote their books and they made their money in that way so i kind of see it as being um like a privilege to come into your home, study a phenomena, and um, you know, offering a public service. Okay, okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, Rick Hale. <laughs> public service announcement. That was public his PSA. Uh, okay. So, do you do you find that um, there there's a, a part of that is is the word professional? that nobody can actually call themselves a professional in this field? Because we hear that a lot, too. I think that you can be professional, but not so much professional. I mean, when I think of somebody who's a professional, I think of, you know, a firefighter, or in, in our wife's cases, they're both nurses. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that, that's a professional. That is a profession. Um, I don't see paranormal research and investigation being a profession. You can mm -hmm. be professional, while you're doing the job, and that's you know being on your best behavior and minding your p's and q's, but is it is not a profession unless you're doing a TV show or you're you know a a, a an, an author. Mm -hmm. um, that is then that is then a profession. But actually going into somebody's home, I don't see that as being a profession. Okay. Now now before I say everything I'm going to say, because again I'm putting everything out there. Mm -hmm. So people can make up their own damn minds. Um, I do not charge, okay? And you, you kind of alluded to it uh, with Holzer and them. Um, I make my money off the books. 
Yeah, you same know, here. I, I when I started out, the biggest crutch I had was how do I finance my paranormal research? It's not exactly something I can can apply for a government grant. You mm -hmm. know, you, it's just not. It, it just doesn't. It doesn't happen. You know, you can't right. even get a parapsychological a parapsychological uh, degree here in the states anymore. I think 1968 was like the last time you could actually get one of those. Right. Um, you know, so to me, it was like, okay, I'll write books, and if that works out, that's what's going to finance what I love to do. Now, mm -hmm. let's talk about the professional thing before okay. before we get to any other aspect of this. Would you consider? Well, let's start. Let's start this way. You and me are professional because we're authors, okay? Sure. Um, yes. The Equal Opportunity Employment Commission. Th this is the list of occupations that is considered professional. Teachers, doctors, like you said, nurses, accountants, lawyers, engineers, architects, authors, designers, chemists, scientists in general, and registered nurses. You know. That's what the Equal Opportunity Employment considers a profession and professional. Right. Now, let me ask you this. Would you consider a psychologist or a psychiatrist professional? Yeah, absolutely. That is definitely a profession. That's something that these people, they go uh, to school for years. I, but I'm not one of those. I am okay. a high school. I am a high school graduate, man, and I barely made it through high school. But um, yeah, definitely with a psychiatrist or a psychologist or a therapist or anything like that. Yeah, that's definitely a profession. Okay. Side note: your intelligence doesn't really show that you barely made it through high school. But anyway, oh. um, thank you. Psychiatry in every now. I have a degree in psychology, so I can bash myself. Um, okay psychiatry and we love when you bash yourself steve so please proceed in every sense is a humane science okay. okay psychiatric diagnosis are scientifically worthless okay okay they are worthless as tools to identify discrete mental health disorders okay and where do you get that from you can find that anywhere on the internet if, if you look up what's considered scientific based if you looked up look up what's considered fact profession um psychology isn't a proven science it's not now there's <laughs> psychologists who will argue that but yeah. in in reality in fact it's not so you pay to go see a psychiatrist you pay to go see a psychologist correct but all you're paying for in the end is an opinion but but the thing is is like you benefit from that opinion when um after, let me finish you're going to dig after, yourself a hole no well the thing is is you're you are paying for their professional opinion that they went to school many many years for i, I mean i greatly benefited from it after my cancer and amputation i greatly benefit benefited from seeing a therapist i had to yeah, I had a little bit of PTSD because of it. And um, I, I had no problem paying them to help me try to figure it all out. And I think that that's what a psychiatrist, well, actually more of a psychologist does than a psychiatrist, but a psychologist helps you figure it out. Yes, they give you your opinion, but 
it's a professional opinion. So and it's one that they went to school with for, you know, almost two decades in order to do. Okay, so two things here. I'm, I'm sorry, one decade. So two things here. So do you, yeah, now I find it hard to believe that, that you believe you have to go to college to be knowledgeable on something. Oh, no, 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 I don't think that okay. at all. Okay, because obviously we didn't. We didn't go to ghost hunting school. Right. No. The, but but the thing is, is like they did go to psych, uh, psychiatric uh, training in school. Um, you know, so, um, a psychiatrist is a medical doctor. Um, psychologist, of course, being a therapist. That, that's the two. They are not a medical doctor, whereas a psychiatrist is. Um, but these are these are our, our men and women who went to college for years. And I do value their the, I do value their professional opinion. Okay. With that being said, let's take a quick break. We're going to continue this discussion into segment three because we're going to go to the other side of it here. So, guys, check this out and figure out. Um, just start writing your check out to Stephen Lancaster. That's spelled with a P-H. <laughs> now, okay, guys, hang tight. We'll be right back. If I have to fix this thing one more time, I swear I'm canceling the show. I'm canceling it. To catch a live broadcast, join us every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Pacific at youtube.com slash label13videos, facebook.com slash monstervisiontv, or facebook.com slash author Stephen Lancaster. Alright guys, we are back here at Shadow Initiative TV. Starting next week, you will have to pay $4.99 for a subscription for our advice and then another $19.99 just to watch the show. Uh, kidding. This is not true. <laughs> kidding. It's $29.99. Nah. So we're talking about should paranormal investigators be paid? Um, mm -hmm. You can look at it in many ways, if you're just now jumping in onto the show, watch the archive and catch up so you know where we're at. Okay, so Oxford's English Dictionary, you know, which is pretty damn credible dictionary, they yeah. classify somebody professional as anybody who is competent or extremely skilled in a particular activity. Now, I'll ask you. Okay. You know me. You know, yeah. know know the credibility, the reputation. You know how I operate. Mm -hmm. um, would you value my opinion? Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. Now, let's talk about the schooling part. Okay. Can you sing? <laughs> okay. So you can't sing, right? No. Do you play no. any instruments? No. I okay. have no musical talent whatsoever. All right. See, I had to use you because I can do all that. Uh, yes, with the exception of singing. I'm not... Eh. Um, so anyways. But there is nothing stopping you because you've got the mind for it to go to college and get a degree in music. And you're not musically inclined, but you would have all that knowledge. Well, yeah, you can take music uh, music theory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, get, you can get a degree in that, definitely. So I'm just saying, you can go to school for something. That just doesn't mean you're fucking good at it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, gotcha. so 
So what you're saying. Okay, so let's look at... I got to look at my notes here because this went on for quite some time. Okay. Um, I'm just going to use me, for instance. And again, I want to clarify, I do not charge for investigations. I'm a humanitarian, you know, philanthropist, whatever you want to call it, okay? Um, But I'm going to use me as an example. Highly active paranormal investigator. Two decades worth of highly active paranormal investigator. I have overhead costs. Travel, lodging, equipment, maintenance, electricity, computers, software, batteries, my time, mileage, food. Then there's the actual work, the actual investigative work, the research mm-hmm. on the history, you know, historical research, then the actual field research, okay, the time spent on site from an average investigation, reviewing 64 hours of video across multiple cameras, 64 hours of audio across multiple audio recorders writing a case file, presenting the case file, then giving my opinion, just like that psychologist or psychiatrist. Now, for most people, excluding you and me, present company mm-hmm. here, they have they have normal jobs. Okay, so, right. so when I run my crew, the pit crew, they have to take days off of work. So they're losing mm-hmm. money to go and do this, to, to, to work with me in the field. Okay, so that, that's just another, another thing to consider, too. A true investigation is an investment. Mm-hmm. It really is. There's no argument there. You are investing it. I do full background checks on every person that researches with me. Every single one. That costs me money. I pay for liability insurance. So if wow. somebody, somebody that's working with me falls down those dark steps and gets hurt, something happens... You know, I have to, of course, have an attorney that comes up with these contracts. The 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 clients sign them, especially when I'm dealing with a business. You know, mm-hmm. that that helps us both. Where if one of my crew would get hurt in your restaurant, they they can't sue you. You know, that kind of stuff. So there's yeah. a lot of money I, I I'm putting into this, and then you then you then you add on on top of that the question: who has the right to do it? Who should do it? And who shouldn't do it? or who could do it, okay? So you have reputation, credibility, experience, professionalism, right? So Mm -hmm. to the audience out there, and I'll ask you this question too, which would you prefer, okay? A team who does it once in a while because they saw it on TV and thought it was cool. Okay, we know who these people are. We talk about them all the time. Or somebody like you or me that has done this for decades, where these people can't even hold a can they couldn't even hold a conversation with us when it came down to it. Okay? So what I'm not asking you I'm not asking you to charge. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. I'm going to charge, because I don't. Yeah. But is it is it really fair to say it shouldn't be done well okay now here's the thing okay now this is not charging so you're not you know you know you're not you know the three ghostbusters standing outside the uh the the uh, hotel banquet you know it's going to be three thousand dollars for capture and entrapment we'll of the, of right the creature back. yeah we'll just put this right back no it's it's not like that but how about rather than charging somebody you know writing out an invoice that says we are charging you you know such and such amount of dollars 
What about taking donations? Yeah, which which a lot of credible teams do. Uh, a okay. lot of people I know personally, they'll, they'll have that donate button on their website. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, now the thing is, is that is one that I don't have a problem with. Because if you if you are offering a service, you are offering a professional opinion. And to answer your question, yeah, I would definitely go with somebody like us rather than some Yahoo off the street, you know, who watched a television show and, and now they're a friggin' demonologist. Right. You know, right. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I definitely can see accepting donations, you know, made on a job well done. Not really writing out an invoice. You know, here's here's an invoice and you pay me and then I give you a receipt. That one I can't see. Taking donations, not a problem with that. Okay, and and that I, I just kind of had a had a little thought come in. That's a something that's something that's a something else, you know, half Italian here. Um <laughs> That's something else that I see a lot of. And while we're kind of on this subject, these paranormal teams referring to themselves as a nonprofit organization. Oh, that yeah, is oh, illegal. The legality of what makes up an actual mm-hmm. nonprofit organization. You know, they don't they, um, they, they don't have a board of directors. They don't have they're, they're not reco- all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, they're not recognized by a state. Um, or, or even uh, a, um, a federal oversight committee or anything like that. Yeah, you can't, there, there are legal things that are involved with calling yourself a, a nonprofit organization. Now there is, now, now there's a business side to it as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when I file my taxes, you know, I'm a sole proprietor. So a Monster Vision TV in the Picker used to be an LLC. Uh, mm-hmm. It was an actual business, you know, just because of going for the insurance and all that, you had to be an actual damn business. So that's sure. why I, I had it as an LLC. But then when I, I started studying sole propriety and stuff like that, I realized I could do the same thing without all the legal crap. Yeah. So you, you also got to look at you get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm thinking like a client here. Okay, if if I want Rick and Steve to come investigate, Rick's got to come from Chicago. Steve's got to come from where he's at. All this preparation, all this equipment, all this lodging, I mean, everything. Do you really expect us to just pick up and do that? Now, we would if it was feasible mm-hmm. to us, you know. Sure. But I'm just using that. Which as it is or, not for Or are part. you going to call um, Darth Paranormal down the street? looking like a metal band that, that, that you ha- you rarely heard anything of. They just happen to be local and convenient to come in and tell you what you want to hear, and then they're out. There, there's there's no, um, what's the word? I'm, there, there's no uh, accepting responsibility. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you pay somebody for a service, there's a responsibility accepted there. Yeah. It's 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 hard, man, because I, as you can tell, I've thought about this a lot for a very long time. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. I'm not gonna ever say I don't think it's wrong. It's wrong for some people. On both well, sides, you know, the client uh, and the investigator. It, it, there's investigators yeah. that he shouldn't even. I would laugh at them if they told me they were charging. The yeah. client too. It's wrong for some people. 
but it, it's right for others. Yeah. I get, well, but yeah. I get your argument, and, and I'll let you roll with it, that, yeah, we're, we're showing them this audio clip, we're giving them our opinion, we're showing them this video clip. Yeah, we're, we're saying by every definition from what we believe, from our experience, our education, your, your, your vicinity is haunted. Okay, mm-hmm. facility, whatever. Um, but you can't prove that. You, yeah, you know, because... so it's it, it's hard. It's a it's a it's a hard conversation, man. Yeah, the uh, the um, equal opportunity employment. You know, they're not going to look at that and say, yeah, that's a ghost, right? Because obviously they don't. They probably do not accept just like the existence of ghosts and whatnot is really not accepted in a legal standpoint. It's because it's completely subjective. And um, I can say, yeah, that's a ghost, but at the same time, a person can rip that apart and say, no, it's not a ghost, and here's why. So, you know, I, I know I know what you're saying because I know that you think the same way that I do, and you're merely playing um, devil's advocate, but I, I got to stand by it. I mean, uh, unless I'm, you know, doing a television show or I'm being paid to write books and articles for websites and stuff like that, you know, I, I would never dream of charging somebody um, money to come into their house. If you want to give a donation, yeah, what the hell, why not? But I'm not going to write up an invoice and say, here's, you know, 10 grand. Now, here's your ghost. I just can't see doing that. Okay. Well, with that being said, um, one, one last thing before we, we take this break. Uh, and I just had a total brain fart when you <laughs> when you were Not talking surprised. when you were talking. I was like, "There's one more thing I want to say about this." Oh, I was just gonna say, admittedly, um, I've had clients reach out, high-profile clients, mind you, mm-hmm. um, that have said, "Look, I know you and your team are gonna be traveling for six hours. You're gonna be here for seven to fourteen days." Mm-hmm. They have put us up. They have paid for our food. Okay, that to me is a little that that's you know hospitality. Yeah, exactly. They're they're you know, willing to do that. They're 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 giving that to you rather than you charging them. They wanted us specifically. They even said to me, "There are teams locally here. We just don't want them. We want you guys." Um, blah blah blah. And, and there was no cash exchanged or anything like that it was just like look mm-hmm. we'll get you all taken care of if you can get here and you know so I, so we have done that you know but with that being said guys we're going to take a break when we come back rick we're going to talk about covid is now dipping into the paranormal oh so we oh there is a double Double paranormal news here. Yes, it is. And I I actually shut some people's shit down yesterday on Facebook uh, about this. Well done. Before we get to that, we're going to come back. Rick's going to do his ghost watch. He's going to tell us all about the time he had to clap. So you guys, was that was that it? Uh, Clapham Wood in West Sussex, UK. The Clapham Wood. That makes it even worse. That's the area. (laughs) Anyways, guys, who knows what's going to happen. We come back. Rick Hale's Ghost Watch. So you guys stick around.
Do you have proof of the paranormal? Want to see your story and evidence showcased on our show? Email shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com with questions, comments, your paranormal stories, evidence of the paranormal, or just anything you'd like to see on our show. Your story and evidence may appear on Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. That's shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com. Welcome back, guys, to episode 16 of the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Television. Right here on YouTube, Facebook, as always, as we are coming to closing season one with just a few more episodes, you can catch up on everything at YouTube, Facebook, or ShadowInitiativeTV.com. So with that being said, Rick is taking us into Ghost Watch. So have at it, buddy. Forests are supposed to be places of peace and quiet. Places where one can escape the rush of urban areas and commune with nature. But as you may or may not expect, some wooded areas are not so innocent. Some are dark places where sinister things that go beyond rational understanding occur. The people who make up the communities of West Sussex in the United Kingdom know this all too well. They understand that it is unwise to get lost in Clapham Wood because if they do, they may never be seen again. In a country where everyone has a story to tell of the inexplicable and unexpected, stories of Clapham Wood is something else entirely. Not only is Clapham haunted by terrifying specters of the dead, but instances of high strangeness have been reported there, as well as dark tales of occult practices, perhaps even human sacrifice. For centuries, generations of West Sussex residents used Clapham for hunting, fishing, and cultivating food. All of that changed in 1967 when citizens of the surrounding area reported sights and sounds they could not explain. Lights were seen floating over and zipping among the trees, lights that seemed intelligent by nature. When the peculiar phenomena began, residents thought the lights belonged to people camping in the woods. Of course, that was until they got much closer. The lights, seemingly guided by an unknown force, flew around the woods, crackling with an unearthly energy. It was hard to dismiss such things, especially when a UFO was seen by a local man. In August 1967, a man was taking a leisurely stroll through Clapham when he looked up and beheld the strangest thing he ever saw. Hovering a mere 200 feet over his head, was a large boomerang-shaped craft silently hanging in the night sky. Without thinking, the man instinctively knew he was witnessing something not of this world. Whether it was curiosity or fear that held him in place, the man could not move. Nevertheless, he watched as the craft lifted up and vanished into the starry night. Thus began the stories and claims by UFO enthusiasts that Clapham Wood was a hotspot for either intergalactic or interdimensional beings. Since that night, sightings of UFOs and strange lights in the skies over Clapham Wood became a regular occurrence. Vigils are held in the woods by curiosity seekers, hoping to catch a glimpse of a UFO. Some even hope to make contact with a being from another world. 
With these curiosity seekers, more scientifically minded investigators were not far behind. Professional UFO investigators from all over the world have descended upon the woods with Geiger counters to measure for possible radiation. And believe it or not, there have been some interesting results. Low levels of radiation have been discovered in the ground and the trees. Skeptics might conclude that low levels of radiation would be commonplace even in naturally occurring woods. Of course, this is a viable argument, but those who have experienced the bizarre goings-on of Clapham Wood would disagree wholeheartedly. Visitors to Clapham Wood have had brushes with entities that are not extraterrestrial in nature. Frightening large black masses have been spotted lurking among the trees, and several people have even claimed to have been physically attacked by these malevolent entities. Full-bodied apparitions have also been seen in Clapham, leading many to believe this seemingly innocent forest is one of the most haunted places in the United Kingdom. If otherworldly visitors and terrifying specters aren't enough to scare you away, the woods contain something far more sinister. Clapham Wood is rumored to be crawling with Satanists and practitioners of black magic rituals. In 1907, Toyn Newton, Charles Walker, and Alan Brown shocked the Sussex countryside with the release of their book, The Demonic Connection. In their book, the three men claimed that deep in Clapham, Satanists were meeting for black magic rituals. Several years earlier, Charles Walker claimed to be in contact with the coven of occultists, calling themselves the Friends of Hecate. Hecate was the Greco-Roman goddess of magic and crossroads and a deity many believed to be the mother of witchcraft. According to the book, the initiate claimed his group was responsible for the disappearance of dogs that began in 1975. The initiate further claimed responsibility for the abductions of several people over a decade. When pressed for a reason why, the initiate simply replied, for sacrificial purposes, of course. Of course, some would roll their eyes in skepticism, considering some of those allegedly abducted people were civic leaders and leading citizens of the community. Nevertheless, these occultists appear to be a real group and have left behind evidence of their black magic rituals. Near Clapham Wood stands an old manor house many believe the occultists use as a meeting house. Among the empty rooms and crumbling corridors, blood-covered altars have been discovered with the remains of small animals surrounding them. Thankfully, no evidence of human sacrifice has ever been found. Either no human blood has ever been spilled, or the so-called Satanists were more clever in appeasing their infernal god. Dark, mysterious, and perhaps even evil, Clapham Wood is a place only the bravest should dare to enter. For the most part, the residents of the surrounding area regard the dark stories of Clapham Wood as nothing more than urban legend. Conversely, it is difficult to dismiss the police reports of missing dogs, not to mention the dozens of eyewitness accounts of unexplained phenomena going as far back as the late 1960s. Urban legend or not, Clapham Wood is both feared and respected by the residents of West Sussex. I'm Rick Hale, and this was Ghostwatch. Excellent. The Clapham Wood. Clapham Wood, definitely a very, very scary place. Um, you know, I, you know, Steve. I, personally, I have no doubt that there are people who do practice occult rituals, but oh, yeah, you know, a, according to the FBI, there has never been any evidence in this country of human sacrifice. 
I mean, animal sacrifice, I'm willing to accept that. But human sacrifice, I really don't think so. Yeah, not that we know of, anyway. Mm-hmm. And, and and there's a fine line there, too, because we do have serial killers. And in their mind, they are practicing something. You know, they're very habitual about something. There's some reason for what they're doing. I guess you could call right. that a human sacrifice. Yeah. Well, and, you know, some, some um, serial killers do work from... A, um, an aspect of they believe that they are somehow doing God's will. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I, I guess so. You know, Jim Jones, I mean, look at that guy. He killed hundreds and hundreds of people drinking the Kool-Aid as they has now become a, uh, a popular, um, popular saying. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, when I think of definitely Clapham Wood, when I think of it, one of those places that if I ever make it to the United Kingdom, I will definitely take a walk through. And if you guys are wanting to know, Clapham Wood is just outside of Spankham Wood. <laughs> With that being said, let's take a look at the paranormal and COVID. Yes, you know, I, the, the COVID thing, in all honesty, when we look back on its beginnings, its middlings, see, I can make mm-hmm. up words too. And yeah. uh, it's, it's not well so endlings yet. Um, there's been this kind of paranormal aura, especially in the, the conspiracy side of things. Oh, the okay. plant, the pandemic, you know? Yeah. Okay, guys, first and foremost, you're a fucking idiot if you think this thing is fake. It's fucking real. We, we all know yeah. that, okay? Um, I, I just want to put in there, um, a buddy of mine, I had no idea because we were like, where did this guy go? All of a sudden, he just dropped off the face of the earth. He's been in the ICU for the last month wow, because he got COVID. And my, my, my wife had to explain this, what happened to him. He was given this, uh, this procedure called ECMO, where they actually drain your blood from your body, oh my God. re-oxygenate it, and then put it back in your body because your lungs are actually incapable of oxygenating your blood. Mm-hmm. So I am, not, I, I am not going to sit here and ever listen to somebody because i had this thing too my whole family did i am not going to sit here and listen to some conspiracy theorists go on and on and on because they did their research on youtube and talk about how this is all fake that's horseshit you know that that may have been uh the same thing i i'm not gonna say this person's name because it is a family member um but this person was in ICU for weeks and weeks and weeks, and they had to do a procedure. They could not keep her blood oxygen level where the, where where it should have been. And when they would take her off of this machine, it would just it would just bomb out again. Um, so yeah. the shit's out there. But the the latest thing, you know, be and I guess this is all started now because the masks have been lifted. The social distancing has been lifted. Um, I I have my personal opinions on that as to why, but which goes into the conspiracy side of things because I wouldn't Mm -hmm. be me if it didn't. Anyway, sure. The newest one, Rick, and and this is okay. You're probably thinking you you say with a smile and a laugh. So I know this is going to be good. (laughs) Well, I I say it's related to us as ghost hunters because Mm -hmm. of what these people are claiming. The okay. vaccine. Okay, first off, you, you guys probably know you've had people say that little chips are being put in. 
Yes. Okay, you've heard, heard that one, right? Well, I'm fully vaccinated, and I know since then I've, you know, I definitely want to buy stock in uh, Microsoft. Yeah. Oh, that happens. That's yeah. normal. <laughs> That's normal. Uh, and I'm emitting a 5G signal. It's, it's <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, people who have been vaccinated, well, certain people, mm-hmm. are claiming that they are now giving off extremely high electromagnetic fields. You don't say. I do say. And I, I saw that come across my news feed yesterday. And I was like, nah. all right. So I went over to it. And I'm like, look, electromagnetic fields. I was like, I'll just read you exactly what I fucking said. Because I was professional. I said, now, now you're talking about something I happen to be highly educated on. Probably not yeah. for the reasons you think. I said, I haven't heard this one yet. I said, because they were saying anybody, this this is what they were putting out there. Anybody who has had the vaccine, go buy a metal detector and scan yourself for the electromagnetic fields. With a metal detector. With a metal detector. I'm like, oh okay. my God. Oh, okay. All right. So I'm like, uh, a metal detector won't give you a read uh, and a yeah. proper read for electromagnetic fields. I said, it may detect that chip that's in you or, or high levels of metal, I suppose, but we do have metal in our body. It's called iron. Okay. Yeah. I said, the best way to tell, because I tried to humor him at first, you know, I said, the best way to tell would be to view the area in question that's emitting the electromagnetic with the infrared lighting. See, mm-hmm. see how that looks. See if you notice any obscurities. I said, if the human body is giving off an extensive amount of electromagnetic fields, there is certainly room for concern. Mm-hmm. Definitely! Right? Yeah. Because that doesn't happen. Anyways, uh, I said... So go ahead. Test me. Yeah. So right there. I was like, that, that would definitely prove that something highly electrical is involved or, or extremely uh, high infrared radiation. I said, but to be fair, I have to uh, quote science here. <laughs> and, and yeah, but but Steve, but Steve, you're quoting science to people who don't really like science. I know, I know. So you know, it was so much fun. Uh, anyway, so the human body naturally has electromagnetic fields due to mm-hmm. the tiny electrical currents from the chemical reactions that occur in our body. Yes. Okay, but. Those are almost, they're barely measurable and certainly at a lower frequency than visible light. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I watched some videos because they provided links of these people. And, and, and what we'll say this pack of cigarettes is their EMF meter. Okay. Conveniently, you can see the readout. And they're doing this. Oh, look. Like 300 on the Gauss scale. Okay. I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. okay, why am I not seeing what's behind this EMF meter? Why are you holding it? You think you'd be holding it like most of us do. Yeah. You know, like this, you know, clearly these are hoax videos where they're holding something, probably magnets, one on each side, who knows, that's giving off these reads because that is not how these things work, guys. Yeah. The EMF, so if you guys are seeing this out there, do not buy this bullshit. 
It is nothing mm-hmm. but bullshit. And it's dangerous, and it could potentially kill you. It's, golly, I just had to share that, Rick. I thought you'd get a kick out of it where a ghost hunter <laughs> can actually come in. You know, something that we use for our science to debunk another fucking COVID ex- conspiracy. Yeah, and there there really is no shortage of COVID of COVID conspiracies out there, and some they they go from being okay, that's kind of reasonable sounding, to um, something that is so bizarre and out there, you know, like people saying, well, this isn't actually created by man, this is some kind of alien uh, DNA that's in these things that it's. And it, it, it's like, or, or they're like, well, there's not enough testing that's been done on these. No, there's been years of testing done on these because it is a, it's because of SARS. We've known about SARS for decades. They've been testing a for a time. vaccine. Yeah, and finally they've come up with something. I am fully vaccinated. I have no problem saying that. I'm not um, um, turning into a reptilian and I am not giving off a 5G signal and I have not developed the taste for uh, uh, eating babies or anything like that. So it's like, really seriously, don't go to YouTube, don't go to the internet exclusively for your information on COVID. Talk to a doctor, like a real doctor. Go to the CDC, ask them about it. I mean, my my wife is administering the um, the vaccine and she hears it all, folks. She hears it all. And um, just please, don't use YouTube and call it doing your research because that is not how this thing works. No. So Unless you're watching our answer. show. Unless you're watching our show, you can use YouTube for research. We actually know what we're talking about. And and, and really the only side effect that you have to worry about, and Rick's a perfect example, is hair loss. You, you, you're probably <laughs> going to lose some hair. You know? You know, if, if, if you get the vaccine... I had I had the Moderna vaccine. My the and the with the first with the first hit, my arm hurt mm-hmm. for about a day. That was it. The second hit that I got, that was um, I my arm hurt and I did get a little bit sick. I was mm-hmm. sick for about six hours and then I felt fine. So if you haven't got it, get it. But then again, it's one of those things that it's like it's your personal opinion. Do whatever the hell you want. Please don't let me ever tell you what to do. Yeah. I have heard that from other people too. One of the uh, a guy I'm real close with, he said the same exact thing he did. The second one put him down, you know, not feeling well and all that stuff. But with that being said, guys, we're gonna come back. We're gonna close out 16's shenanigan here and figure out what we're gonna talk about for the next 10 minutes. So you guys stick around. Do you have proof of the paranormal? Want to see your story and evidence showcased on our show? Email shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com with questions, comments, your paranormal stories, evidence of the paranormal, or just anything you'd like to see on our show. Your story and evidence may appear on Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. That's shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com. So guys, you just hung out with us. For episode 16, we've got two more to go before this season ends, and Rick and I have such amazing things planned for season two when it commences in the fall, and we've talked about doing a few bonus episodes this summer 
just to keep you yeah. all uh, enticed and interested. And please share us with your friends. Uh, you guys can go back and watch the archives. Please email us. Keep commenting. We'll keep going on in the groups and stuff like that um, just to keep conversation going. Uh, like I said, hopefully by the fall we've got merchandise coming out. Rick's working on a new book. I'm working on a new book. We've got lots in store. And also, I mean, I've got the prototype. We're working on um, the Rick Hale action figure. <laughs> this is before the COVID shot, as you can tell. Before before the COVID shot. This is the Rick Hale action figure. We're going to get him like a, a The Cure shirt or I Hate Morrissey or something on there. We've got these next two episodes coming up. And we've got to make them big. Especially the last one, Rick. It's mm -hmm. the season finale. Season finale. This this is this this whole thing like season finale is uh, is new to me because when I used to host podcasts before it was just every week boom 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 mm -hmm. none of the series finale stuff but I like this I, I can dig it man yeah it gives people closure and, and you know we may end on a cliffhanger to where you're like oh my god I got to tune back in in September you know what the hell just happened you know who knows what him and I are going to come up with we're both writers now. So yeah, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure. So next week's episode is that Penny Ultimatum whatever episode. You know, the one before the final episode. Mm -hmm. And you know, we might have a guest, we might not. Rick and I will talk about it. But that final episode, Rick, we we've got to we've got to drop we gotta, the bomb. We've got we gotta to nail it. We do. We do. Yep. So that is the end of C of uh, of number sixteen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Outstanding episode. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, come back next week and the week after that because we're going to be ending this, and hopefully we're going to be ending this on a very high note. Yeah, Rick, I'm putting a lot of this on you, buddy. You better <laughs> come up with a good idea. I'm going to come up with a good idea. I'm going to come up with some guests, see what I can find. All right, guys, take care. We'll be back next week. Thanks for watching.